and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 21, Graduation Day, Part 1. Woo! Woo, I know. And again, we have Jackie. Yay! Yay. Uh, So I have two announcements this week. One, I feel that I have like greatly like neglected my duty here because I totally forgot about this until it popped up on my Amazon. Um, there is a Spike novel out. What? It's called Bloody Fool for Love. And um, it's basically about like right after he became a vampire. So it's him and Jella Starlight Drew. Oh, that's 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 great. I feel I've neglected my duty by not mentioning this. It's been out. I think it's been out for like a month or two. So everybody go read it because I'm going to order it like today. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm reading this and it's it says a Buffy and it's crossed out Spike prequel. That's great. There we go. That's all. That's I mean, that's all the endorsement it needs. Yeah. And the title. The title is great, too. Yes. And then um, my, so I guess I have three announcements. My second announcement is Do Revenge dropped on Netflix yesterday. Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it. She plays the principal. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. She said, um, she said in an interview, you guys got to read her, um, you guys meaning the audience have to read her New York Times uh, interview. It's probably, I, I don't think she does many interviews. So that was like, it was a big deal that she did one. And she said she, she thinks of this character as like a continuation of Catherine Murtoy from um, Cruel Intentions. Oh, cool. Yes. So. Um, so the big, the big thing with Do Revenge is it is a high school version of Strangers on a Train. I love, yeah, I just, that, I love, love Strangers on a Train. And, and it's being built as Mean Girls meets Cruel Intentions. So it mm-hmm. makes sense that she would mention Catherine. That's fun. And our last announcement is very, very exciting because Froggy is going to be doing a guest spot on a podcast sometime in October. Yay! Yay. I am I am both I am both excited and fucking terrified. You're gonna be amazing. I know, and like I don't know, like I don't know if it's more terrifying that the person isn't as much of I don't think they're he's as much of a buffy. Buffy fans as we are or not I don't know I'm I'm scared <laughs> <laughs> gonna be fantastic uh when we know more about dates and such we have of course put yeah. that all over our socials yeah so look for that to be coming yes yeah, so everybody give me thoughts and prayers and you're gonna be amazing oh thank you Jack. I appreciate it I appreciate it <laughs> all right let's break down this episode Graduation Day Part 1. It aired May 18th, 1999. And our synopsis is, Graduation Day has finally arrived, as has the mayor's long-awaited ascension. But first, Buffy must face faith in a final confrontation. Again, another straightforward summary. Yeah. And what are our international titles? This week, in Finnish, we have Closing Ceremony Part 1. French, the ceremony, part one. I did cut out a lot that were graduation day. Makes sense. German, the Germans come through. The Germans come through for us this week. Oh. The blood of the slayer. Yes. I like that. Yep. Hungarian, the graduation ceremony, part one. Italian, the challenge, first part. Mm. And Russian, finishing school, part one. (laughs) 
I know no, they probably Russia. mean like you are uh, yeah. finishing school. Yeah, but I hear like finishing that, school. That's like ladies finishing school. Yes, that's that's why I read it that way because yeah. that's just how my brain wanted. Yeah. To read it, but yes, I like the German one. The German I love one, the yeah. German one, yeah. German one is great. Like I like when the different countries for like the part one and part two do something a little different than just you know. I don't know what next week is going to be, but oh, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I like I like how they went in a completely different direction from from the others. As one would expect, there is a previously on, and it pretty much sums up everything you need to know. It's like, this is the whole season in case you didn't watch it. (laughs) Yep. New Slayer turned evil, Mayor's becoming a demon, and Buffy and Angel are splitsville. Again. Everything you need to know. (laughs) Then it's on to the festivities, or the pre-festivities, as Cordelia and Xander pick up their cap and gowns. Cordelia's not really a fan of the maroon, having petitioned for Teal, but no one ever listens to her. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know how, like, I know at our school, like, our choices, like, our school colors were blue and white. So our graduation colors were blue and white. Like, I don't, we didn't have to petition for any. Well, Sunnydale's high school colors are are maroon and gold. Cordelia was just being Cordelia. That's true. Yes. I mean, I, I, okay, we didn't have cap and gowns. <laughs> Our school colors were blue and gold, and we wore white cotillion dresses to graduation. Yes. <laughs> I am going to need to see these. I oh, need yeah, oh, we can show you pictures. We had red roses and white cotillion gowns. Yeah, I, yeah. I need I need this. I need. To and see it was this. on the front lawn in front of the mansion that, like, started our school. This is what happens when you actually go to a finishing school. <laughs> Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland, you're you're a different world. Look, we are below the Mason Dixon line. Yeah. People don't like to admit it, but oh, we yeah. are below oh, the no. Mason Dixon line. Oh yeah, line. yeah. No, I mean, meanwhile, see, it's kind of funny because I always joke that where I grew up, people don't realize that we're above the Mason Dixon line. So like, oh, there yeah, all of our cars like there were cars with shotguns on the back of them yeah P- panda's mom would like to be like no the south starts in virginia we're like no no, no mommy you could well, be it's kind of weird because where like where mary lives and where we grew up is is like <coughs> essentially a suburb of washington dc yeah yeah so it's i mean yes the school is like now almost 100 years old and it, it has some you know very weird traditions but the school very is actually French, French traditions yeah, yeah they're actually French. French traditions so like when when people are thinking like oh this is a cotillion or whatever it's like well these are actually like weirdly French traditions they're not necessarily <laughs> yeah. yeah yes so total fast sideline but I'll probably keep it in anyway because it's fun I was watching TikTok the other day and someone was explaining how little French children have goûters after mm-hmm. school. And I was like, goûter, the goûter song. And Mia was like, why are you singing weird songs? I need to run quickly. One second. Okay. Yeah. I like goûter. <laughs> you like, like goûter. You know what I like because you like because we all like, like, like goûter. <laughs> you gave me a goûter. <laughs> I thought that was groovy. <laughs> I mean, that's the song. Yeah, it is. It is. I just, I keep forgetting there's a second verse. Oh, I'm totally leaving that in because we're singing weird Gute 
great songs. I, I completely missed that because I needed to run and get a box of tissues. <laughs> Mary might leave it in, but uh, so our school, because they had French traditions, they're, um, we had goûte, which is like snack in French. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we had some teachers create a song about it and it <laughs> nice to remember it. <laughs> The the best part was like they had come in with these guitars and we were thinking, oh, these guys like they wrote a song, they're gonna play guitar. They turn the guitars over and start smacking the back and they're like, I like good <laughs> And I was like, oh, they they can't play guitar. Okay. People oh, wonder why Jackie and I actually like and missed our high school. Because <laughs> shit like this happened all the time. Yeah, when you go to a weird French school in America in the middle of the United in the middle of the United States, yeah. <laughs> So close to DC and below the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, we were. We were. were. All right. Xander, on the other hand, likes the maroon. He thinks it seems dignified, which is good since, you know, he's probably going to die in it. He woke up this morning and he just knew he's not getting out of that school alive. Wow. Cordelia tells him he's really mastered the art of positive giving up. No, no, see. He's been lucky too many times. His number's coming up. One more rotation and he's shipping stateside. Know what he means? Seldom, if ever. It's a military reference that's actually kind of like wrong because <laughs> because if you're if you're when your number's up, that's a that's a reference to the draft, right? Mhm. And so the draft would typically send you overseas. So why would you be shipping like states when you're shipped stateside? That's like when the end of your tour. Yeah. So like, but doesn't that make sense then? So like your numbers up is also used to mean it's your time. Right. To mean it's your, yeah. And shipping stateside, it's his end of tour. Oh, you're right. Because they would put you in a body bag and take you back. I get it. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a little convoluted the way he's saying it. Right. But if you dissect it, it what he's saying does make sense. Right, you're right. I love that Xander continues to use military terms. Yeah. Yes. Ever yeah. since Halloween. Yeah, like I, and, and that's another thing that I love about the continuity of this show is that um, he, like, things like that. Also, um, what he, he was also making a reference to uh, a line in Aliens. Oh? Yeah. Four more weeks and out, I'm going to bite it on this rock. It ain't fair, man. <laughs> so, yeah, like he's so, yeah, he's he's doing military terms, but then he's also doing the Xander thing and pop culture references. Yeah. Yeah. Down the hall, Willow is exchanging yearbooks with some of the other students, including Harmony, who tells Willow that she wishes they would have hung out more. Willow's so smart. Harmony wishes she could have been like that. Willow says Harmony's so sweet. Uh, they return one another's <laughs> yearbooks, and as Harmony walks off and Buffy approaches, Willow says, they'll hang out. Uh, Turning to Buffy, she says she's going to miss Harmony. Doesn't she hate her? Oh, with the fiery vengeance. She picked on her for 10 years, but it's like a sickness. She's missing everything. She misses P.E. Buffy thinks it's contagious. The whole senior class has turned into the 60s. <laughs> or what Buffy imagines the 60s was like, minus the war in the hairy armpits. <laughs> Willow says she doesn't really feel it. No, she doesn't. She guesses she'll miss stuff, but she doesn't get the whole graduation thing. You get a piece of paper and nothing changes. She doesn't even think she's going to go. And she sits at the table, clearly having an existential crisis. <laughs> Willow attempts to get a root beer from the soda machine. And in true trusty soda machine fashion... It gives her a Coke instead. (laughs) 
As she takes a seat beside Buffy, she asks why she wouldn't go. Mayor, Ascension, turning into a demon, snacking on the population. Buffy was kind of planning on fighting him. She can't do both. Both what? Xander joins them at the table. Go to graduation and fight the mayor. She hasn't heard? Heard what? Guess who their commencement speaker is. Willow guesses Siegfried. No. (laughs) Roy? No. One of the tigers? (laughs) Xander tells her to come out of the fantasy. And Buffy says she can't believe this. Yeah. Lends credence to Xander's whole gonna die theory. (laughs) The mayor. At graduation. With a hundred or so helpless kids to feed on. Buffy wonders what other surprises he has for them. Well, we're about to find out. After we talk about the whole Siegfried, Roy, and the Tigers. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, there is. There is so much. What's funny is I haven't seen this episode in, you know, forever. And because I had watched these so much back in the day, I was like, oh, wow, I still know these lines. I'm like watching it and quoting it mm-hmm. as I watch it. So to start with the basics, uh, Siegfried and Roy were a duo of German-American magicians and entertainers. Both were born in Germany and became American citizens in the 80s. They were also romantically involved with one another, though it was never really publicly talked about. It was just kind of one of those things where everyone you, knew. It was it was an open secret. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you knew that they were involved. Yeah, it was not officially confirmed until much later in their lives. But like, yeah, everyone knew. And, and it was one of those things that once it was confirmed, you felt like it was confirmed already because you just... Yeah, we just knew. Yeah. yeah. Most famously, their acts involved the use of white lions and white tigers. Um, I don't think they had the animals when they were performing on cruise ships. But once they moved to their Vegas residency, they most definitely did. Yeah, back in the day, you could actually, um, I forgot what hotel they were in. But back in the 90s, when you went to Vegas, you would actually, like, you could actually see the the tigers in the mm-hmm. hotel. Yeah, they, yeah, they had a lot. <laughs> I'm not condoning this. I'm just telling Vegas, you. Oh, my God. Vegas back in the day. Oh, Vegas back in the day. Was was wild. So they started in Vegas sometime in 81. And for years, they performed without incident. Minor injuries, but that's to be expected. Then in 2003, during one of the shows, Roy was attacked by one of the tigers. So to be clear, at the time this joke was written, we yeah. were still like four was, years off from the Yeah, attack. it was before tiger attack. <laughs> yeah. Pre-tiger yeah. attack. And there's, there's a lot of speculation about what happened and why, yeah. you know, why? Because th- this was a tiger that they've been they've worked with for so long. Yeah. And so according to Roy, he fucked up. Yeah. He made a move he shouldn't have. He also said that during it, he had a stroke, and that's why the tiger dragged him off stage mm-hmm. to get him to like an isolated area to get him to safety. Later, one of the trainers came out and said all that was made up. Not the stroke. He obviously did have a stroke. Yeah. But the reasoning behind the tiger's actions to cover up the fact that the tiger lashed out due to mistreatment. But then the pair came out and basically said the trainer was saying that to gain 15 minutes of fame and that the trainer had issues in his private life. Either way, uh, the pair, the pair performed one final performance, supposedly with the same tiger. Yeah. In 2009 and retired from show business entirely in 2010. In 2020, Roy died of COVID, and in 2021, Siegfried lost his battle with pancreatic cancer. When Roy died, Siegfried was quoted as saying, the world has lost one of its great gifts of magic, but I have lost my best friend. So uh, the Mirage, the I looked it up. The Mirage is the um, the mm-hmm. hotel in Vegas where they had performed. Yeah. 
And, like, I remember Siegfried and Roy being a huge thing through most of our childhood. Oh, yeah. 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 It was a whole, it was a whole deal. I mean, and I have images in my head of their promotional photos. Just. Yeah. The two of them (laughs) in, like, the sparkly jumpsuits with the tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, lounging and the tigers are there. And, yeah. Yeah. It was, the 90s were a whole other time. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard to explain to Gen Z and younger millennials who did not experience the 90s like we did as teenagers just how wild like now they're coming out with costumes for the 90s and it's I don't want to talk about that no no (laughs) but yes surprises we go to the home of a history professor for UC Sunnydale Faith knocks on his door and after she identifies herself as working for the mayor he lets her inside Clearly excited she's there. He was so surprised when the mayor called, he didn't expect a politician to be interested in his work. Faith tells him the mayor is a big fan before asking if they're alone. Sensing a shift, the professor slowly says that yes, they are. He's a lifelong bachelor, likes his space. Faith hears that, pulling a knife, sadly just a plain ordinary one, as she left her other behind in the cafeteria. She asks the professor to turn and face the wall. She promises to make it quick. He tells her to put it away before saying he'll scream. She has no problem with that. Who wouldn't? He continues to beg, but she says she's sorry. Boss wants him dead. Why? You know? She never thought to ask. As Faith stabs the man, the camera pans over to a piece of art hanging on his wall. A Japanese painting of a volcano. Hmm. How interesting. Credits. Still awesome. We return from the credits to Faith's apartment. The mayor cleaning up, straightening, folding, basically just being a good dad. As Faith is off screen doing... Something. We'll see just what in a second. He asks if everything went okay with the professor and Faith says, not if you're the professor. <laughs> Excellent. The mayor just hates Lutzen's. And with the big day fast approaching, looking back towards the direction Faith is in, the mayor asks if she's ever coming out. She doesn't know. <laughs> he urges her a bit until finally she does appear in the cutest, most 90s yeah. button down baby doll dress. And Eliza, just she looks so good in it. She looks so cute, but she looks so off. Yes. Right, because we're so used to her wearing like the the leather and, and whatnot, but it it is a very 90s dress. Yeah, yeah. Faith's just a bit self-conscious. It's not the type of thing she usually wears, but the mayor just calls her a vision. She feels she looks stupid. She looks lovely and perfect for the ascension. Any boys that manage to survive will be lining up to ask her out. Faith's delighted by the compliment. She just isn't sure it's her not her the mayor stands let him tell her something nobody knows who she is not even her little miss seen it all the ascension isn't just his day it's her day too her day to blossom show the world what a powerful girl she is when he thinks of what she's done what he knows she will do no father could be prouder. I hate this show. I'm I getting emotional over the fucking mayor, y'all. I know. No. I, like, I I do love how much the mayor obviously adores Faith. Like, that is, like, it's not a control tactic. It's not a no. manipulation tactic. He genuinely, like, this is the one person in the world that Faith feels genuinely cares for her. And he does it because he, he does. does. He does. And you'll see... You'll see in the next episode when he finds out what, what happens hap- to her. What happened to her? You will see just how much he cares for her, and that's that's one thing that I love about him as a villain is just how layered he is. 
And I love that you can, you know, really see this character's turn, why she turned. Because Mm -hmm. for the first time in her life, she has this person who really cares about her when everybody else around her who cares about her has died or, or her, you know, parental figures treated her like garbage. Mm-hmm. So, so you, it, it makes sense in, in the end that you can see, oh, this is why <laughs> this character went, went and, bad. And you also see like when, when she first goes to work for him and like he gives her the, like he gives her the apartment, you see her try to use her sexuality and her body thinking that she needs to repay him. Mm-hmm. And he makes it clear that that's not what he wants from her. Like his whole, I'm a good family man. He thinks of her as his daughter. Right. And it makes sense considering this man has lived for forever and his whole family's died. So you see, Mm -hmm. you understand his perspective as well. Because you're like, oh, this guy doesn't have a family. So he's like, no, I'm just adopting this other daughter, you know, because my family has all died. Mm -hmm. Poor mayor. I know, I know, I know. I know. Like, it makes you feel for this person who's like then going to do go and do something heinously evil. Faith says she hopes she doesn't let him down, and he says that's impossible. Now go on, turn back into her street clothes, and he'll buy her an icy. Grinning, Faith heads off to the bedroom to change, and we return to Sunnydale High. Willow go riding on her bike, a bike I do not think we have ever seen before. Nope. Now, <laughs> no. Seeing her, Percy starts running in her direction, and when she parks her bike, he's there. Check it out. He got a B minus on his history final. <laughs> Willow is so proud. And Percy, he says he's like an actual scholar. <laughs> he also thanks her for helping him, for being patient with him, and for not kicking his ass like she did in the bronze. Willow starts to tell him that wasn't her, but why ruin a good thing? So instead, she just tells him it was for his own good. <laughs> he says he knows, and Oz joins the group, greeting them with a hey. Willow tells Percy that history is important. No, no, he totally gets that now. He got the grade, he's graduating tomorrow, and after that, he can forget all that crap. Willow is a bit disheartened by this, having truly thought she inspired a love of learning in Percy. (laughs) But as he walks off, Oz says on the bright side, Percy may not even get a chance to forget it all. (laughs) Ha ha, very funny. He's just trying to keep things light. But they aren't light. It's bad enough they have to fight the mayor. Willow doesn't want him eating Percy in the whole class. They have to find a spell or something to stop the ascension. They will. Elsewhere, Xander attempts to slide into class late, only to be busted by the teacher, who thanks him for joining them. As he slides into his seat beside Anya, the teacher says he knows they've all finished their finals, that they're ready to be done with school. But they haven't graduated yet, and this is still his classroom, so everyone is going to participate. Would Xander like to get them started? Staring at the board, Xander tries to think of something before proclaiming, E? (laughs) We see then that the teacher has written a game of hangman on the board. And no, there is no E. As he writes down the letter and draws the head, he remarks how they always go for the E. Yes, because it is the most common letter in the English language. (laughs) Yeah. Followed closely by A-R-I-N-O, which is why my starting word in Wordle is always irate, as it gives me four of those five letters. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Thank you for that, Mary. No problem. Anya leans over to Xander with a hey. Hey. So she was wondering, maybe if he was free that weekend, they could do something of the entertaining variety? Would that include her telling him more stories of the of her men destroying <laughs> demon days? Because if so, 
pencil him in. To her credit, being newly human and all, Anya does understand that this is sarcasm. (laughs) And says that they could do something else. Something Xander likes. Watch sports of some kind? Uh, He doesn't know. But men like sports. She's sure of it. Yes. (laughs) Xander confirms that men do like sports. Also the watching of action movies, the eating of the beef, and the looking at of the bosoms. <laughs> but that's not all there is to men, and Xander is kind of insulted that after a thousand or so years of studying and torturing mankind, that's all she's learned about them. She tells him she's trying, okay? He doesn't have to take her head off, realizing that this is in fact true, and that she is still very new to being human. He apologizes, and he tells her honestly that he doesn't even know if he's going to make it to next weekend. But if he survives the Ascension, then maybe he and her can do some sports-related what? Uh, Xander looks at Anya, who, at the mention of the Ascension, begins to look very, very worried. In the library, Buffy holds up a newspaper, the front page story being about the professor's murder. Faith. Is she sure? Buffy says it's definitely one of her pieces. She recognizes the brushwork. Mm-hmm. She hands the paper to Giles, who is fencing with Wesley. I love this moment. I love it, too, because Giles is, like, half paying attention uh-huh. and is still, like, besting Wesley. He's so he's so casual about it. Mm-hmm. There's also, there's a fantastic meme that goes with this scene, and we'll, we'll pop it up on the socials this week. Also, uh, Giles is looking great just in the pull-on sweater and the slacks. Very casual British dad. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole scene also, like when when in a little bit we'll also play on the Giles being being the dad. Yes. And like we said, yeah, the fact that Giles looks amazing isn't enough. He is. He is just like blocking Wesley effortlessly while reading the paper. I do also like in the scene with Wesley where he is starting to loosen up a little bit like a tiny tiny bit it's a tiny bit like he's he's giving in a little bit like his tie is is a little crooked it isn't as tight as it should be he doesn't have the jacket on yeah we're 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 starting to see the the growth yeah he says it seems the professor was a geologist why then Wesley says it was probably a random killing. Senseless violence. Everyone's been going a little mad these days. And Faith, well, she had quite the head start. Doesn't track. Buffy thinks the mayor wanted this guy out of the way, but why? She doesn't know. It's weird. He says he's going to destroy the whole town, but takes time out to kill this harmless professor first. He had to have something or know something, which if that's true, Buffy wants to know it too. Aha! Wesley says that by trying to keep a valuable clue from them, the mayor may have inadvertently led them right to it. <laughs> what, Wesley, I need you to take it down like 20 notches. <laughs> like, buddy, come on. Wesley is very proud of himself while Buffy's like, yeah, we got there 10 minutes ago. Right. Keep up. Wesley tells her she'll go tonight, see if there's anything of value and report back. Buffy just loves it when he takes charge. Big man that he is. What was that? Was that a yes? Wesley can never tell. She'll go. Giles tells her to be careful. If Faith shows up, Buffy doesn't think she'll show. Been there, killed that. She's not much for follow up. Still, keep watch. Faith has her at a disadvantage. Why? Because she's not crazy or because she doesn't kill people? (laughs) Both, actually. She hears them. She knows she can't kill Faith, fun as it sounds. But she can make her cry uncle, though. And boy, does she mean to. 
Wesley tells her not to let her feelings about Faith interfere with her work. And Buffy counters that Faith is her work. Take a moment to appreciate the synergy. Faith is a footnote. The focus is, and should remain, stopping the ascension. Yeah, about that. Mm -hmm. Entering the library, Xander says, that is way easier than it sounds. Wesley scolds him, saying that if he doesn't have anything productive to add, but Xander just motions to Anya. They want to know about the ascension? Well, here is the only living person to ever be at one. (laughs) Also, Wesley, you very often don't have anything constructive to contribute. I do like, though, that uh, uh, they had Anya there as like a firsthand Mm -hmm. witness, because a lot of times what we have are people reading accounts in books and that, you know, while you can have some really interesting descriptions in books, having a live person who was there really hammer it home. Like later on in this episode, we have scenes where Anya's like, no, I'm fucking getting out of town. Yeah. This is really bad. You don't understand. Yeah, yeah. When the when the demon is scared, you gotta listen. Yeah. So Anya tells them what she knows. How about 800 years ago, there was a sorcerer who underwent the ascension, became the embodiment of the demon Lohash. She was in the area cursing a shepherd who had been unfaithful. <laughs> See, she... Buffy asked if they could get back to the point. Right. Lohash. They, the village was decimated in a matter of hours. Maybe all of three people got out. Anya has seen some terrible things in her time. Been the cause of most of them. But this, this was next level. Wesley doesn't understand. He was led to believe that Lohesh was a four-winged soul eater. Not all that powerful by demon standards. Certainly no more powerful than ones they faced. Anya tells them they've never seen a demon. Uh, Buffy raises her hand. (laughs) Killing them professionally? Four years running? (laughs) All the demons that walk the earth are tainted. They're human hybrids, like vampires. The ascension means that a human will become a pure demon. They're different. Different how? Well, for one thing, they're bigger. So two things. One, if all the demons that walk the earth are human hybrids, doesn't that kind of negate the judge? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah. Okay. So he should have burnt himself up. But okay. And two, can we talk about the weird origins of Cry Uncle? Which actually no one truly knows. There are, however, three running theories. One is a joke dating back to the late 19th century about a man and a parrot. Very strange. <laughs> the second is actually a misinterpretation of Anacall, the Irish phrase meaning protection. So... The saying started, and forgive my horrible Irish accent, say anacol, which turns into, say, uh, uncle over time. Mm. And the final and third theory is that it comes from Roman times when children, when dealing with bullies, would be forced to say, patru mi patrissimo, to be freed. <laughs> that translates to uncle, my favorite uncle. So it's all very strange. I'm personally inclined to believe the second, but no one knows. We go outside to where Snyder and the mayor are talking, chairs being set up for the ceremony. Snyder's walking the mayor through the ceremony, and the mayor says it all sounds wonderful. Yeah, as long as no one makes any trouble, stop worrying. All Snyder needs to do is make sure the kids show up. Anyone who doesn't feel like coming to graduation, well, they'll just need to live without a diploma. (laughs) Snyder promises the mayor they'll be there. They'll just live. Calling him sir. And the mayor, he tells Snyder to call him Richard. Tells him he's done a great job with the school. No easy task. Especially as both Snyder and the mayor know that things are different in Sunnydale. 
They've both seen all sorts of things, but the important thing is they keep it all under control. And that's what Snyder has done. Completely starstruck, Snyder just says, he believes in order. (laughs) And the mayor tells him that Sunnydale owes him a debt. One that will be repaid. Yes, sir. They'll mark that invoice paid in full. Well, wait, was that Snyder being Star Trek starstruck a few moments ago? Or was that something else? Because as the mayor walks off, Snyder looks more than a bit concerned. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he too is having some doubts. It's because he's concerned for his daughter's safety. I'm convinced yes. of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because but we decided. Daughter, yeah, but his daughter is little so she's little she's little she's not coming to graduation she'll no, be fine no that's that's too boring it is small child's never gonna sit through the whole ceremony no, no. she's gonna go spend the day with the relatives she will inevitably end up living with when this is all over yes it's true i i still need i still need the adventures of sam snyder <laughs> So yeah, so Jackie, you've heard the Doppelgangland episode by now, right? Yes. Yeah. So as someone who has noticed in the industry, that picture would have been extremely intentional. This picture yeah. of a small child that is on Snyder's desk. Yeah, especially knowing um, the 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 cast and crew of Buffy was incredibly intentional on in what things they they placed on set. So See, yeah, I, I, I think they I think they want to show that there's like you know. <clears throat> more human side to Snyder. Yeah, that's what we thought. Yeah, it it I like the idea that he was a single dad whose wife died and he was raising this little girl. I yeah, no see, see, theory confirmed. Yeah, yeah. And that's again, like set decoration is very intentional. Unless it is. people it is. forget that they sat something down like a Starbucks cup in, <laughs> in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <sighs> Ye old Starbucks. <laughs> Back in the library, Anya and the others are still talking. Anya telling them that every Ascension ritual is different. As Willow and Oz enter, Willow wants to know what Anya's doing there. Seeing as she's evil and all, Giles tells her that Anya witnessed an Ascension and Willow is all, oh, what about the spiders? The mayor had a box of spiders he had to eat? The box of Galvox? Galvrock. Right. Anya says it doesn't ring a bell. There must be something she can remember that would be helpful. If she does, she doesn't get to tell them because the mayor just en- because the mayor enters just then. So this is the inner sanctum. Faith tells them this is where they like to hang out, concoct their little schemes. You know, it's nice to see that some people are still interested in reading in this modern era. Agreed, Mayor Wilkins. Agreed. <laughs> so what are kids reading these days? The mayor picks up one of the books from the table and begins reading from it. The beast shall walk upon the earth and darkness will follow. The several races of man shall be as one in their terror and destruction. Oh, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> Different races coming together. Again, a green mayor welcomes. Buffy says he never gets tired of hearing himself talk, does he? Laughing, the mayor approaches Giles. That is one spunky little girl he's raised. He's going to eat her. <laughs> Enraged, Giles grabs the Francine rapier and slams it into the mayor's chest. Caught off guard, he stumbles back a step or two before, whoa, that was thoughtless. <laughs> he pulls the rapier from his chest, scolding Giles. Violent outbursts in front of the children. <laughs> they look to him to see how to behave. Buffy tells him to get out. As the mayor wipes down the rapier, he tells them he smells fear. That's smart. But if it's any consolation... Some of their deaths will be quick. 
Tossing the rapier back to Giles, he says, he'll see them all at graduation. After all, they're not going to want to miss his commencement address. It's going to be one heck of a speech. In the hallway, Xander chases after Anya. Where's she going? Anywhere. If there's a lunar shuttle shuttle leaving, she's on it. They need her. She might be able to help. Or she might be able to live. (laughs) They can't stop the ascension. He was right the first time. The only thing any sane person can do now is run. She heads off and Cordelia approaches, wanting to know what's her saga. She's freaking out. About what? The mayor's going to kill them all during graduation. Oh, is he going to fifth period? Actually, (laughs) he might skip it. (laughs) Horny too. At Buffy's, Joyce arrives home to find Buffy gathering stuff from the bathroom. What's going on? Is she running away again? Buffy takes what she's gathered and puts it in an open suitcase on Joyce's bed. She's running away and she's taking Joyce's clothes? (laughs) I thought that was so funny. Buffy tells her she needs to leave town tonight. But she'll miss graduation. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. What? She'd never dream of. Buffy tells her that graduation is a pointless ceremony where you sit around listening to a bunch of boring speeches before handing a piece of paper that says you graduated, which you already know. (laughs) Emmerin does nothing for her complexion, so don't argue. What? Is some terrible demon going to attack the school? (laughs) Buffy says nothing, just moves to grab more clothes. And that is answer enough for Joyce. She sees. And she wonders now, looking back at everything that's happened, if she shouldn't have sent her to a different school. (laughs) Buffy says to just promise her she'll be far, far away from there. She's not leaving Buffy to face this. If she leaves, she's taking Buffy with her. Buffy says she can't. Well, then Joyce can't either. Buffy says she knows her mom sometimes wishes she was different. No, Joyce is quick to tell her that's not true. But Buffy also wishes she could be a lot of things for her mom. A better student, a star athlete, remotely normal. (laughs) She's not. But there is something she can do that she does better than anyone else in the world. She's going to fight this thing, but she can't do it and worry about her. Buffy, she just can't. Buffy tells her mom point blank that if she stays, she'll get Buffy killed. She has to trust her on this. Can she do that? After a moment of solemn silence, Joyce nods and the scene changes to Willow's bedroom. You know, I just want to say something. This this scene kind of reminded me because at the same time we're watching all these like Marvel series coming out and a lot of the superheroes in the Marvel world, they're like lawyers or they're, you know, they Mm -hmm. have they have some other like like uh, Tony Stark being like a like a mogul basically yeah Yeah, like a billionaire genius kind of guy i i love one of the reasons i love buffy is that they literally are like oh she's she's average in Mm -hmm. every other way she's just like a normal teenager who happens to have this one superpower and and that was one of the one things to me that was so interesting because the idea is like what happens if you're just like a, a normal person who ends up with this power? And so um, I love that, you know, they have her kind of be like, quote unquote, average in every other respect. But mm-hmm. but the one thing she does is is be able to kick demons, but the better than anybody else. Yeah. And again, like she she still tries to maintain being a teenage girl, but too much, you know, sometimes she can't. And that's why, right. like, that's why I loved the prom where her whole thing was, I'm over not being able to get what I want, but I'm going right. to make sure that my friends can get what they want. Right. 
That's why we love Buffy. We do. We do. She's a good she's a good Buffy. And I well, love I love Xander and Cordelia, like, let's just skip. Like who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, They're just gonna be playing hangman. Mm-hmm. The, right? Like who needs Everybody- to play hangman? Everybody, everybody remembers the end of school, especially when you were a senior. Oh, yes. I mean, senioritis is real. It's like you already um, figured out if you're going to go to college or whatever Mm. you're going to do. And And again, like the whole thing was, what are they going to do? Yeah. Like I, I watched like my, my good friends in high school, you know, they were the super, super, super good kids, you know, only missed when they were sick. And even they were over it. Like we have our report cards we have our grades there's nothing that you can do right willow lays across her bed going through several magic books while oz searches the computer willow seems to be getting frustrated and oz asks if there's nothing useful oh no it's great provided she wants to make ferns invisible or talk to shrimp oz says their lives are different than other people (laughs) willow doesn't know who she's kidding she's not gonna find a spell to stop the ascension she's no witch she can't even change amy back into a person on the plus side, she's got a swinging habit trail going. Oz is <laughs> in a good place. Emotionally. Oz. You know Willow- what? I think sometimes I'd be happier as a rat. Willow wants to know if he can just pretend to care about what's happening. Please. She thinks he doesn't care. She thinks they could be dead in two days time and he's being ironic detachment guy. Would it help if he panicked? Yes, it would be swell. Panic is something people can share in a time of crisis. And everything's really scary right now, you know? And she doesn't know what to do. Not to mention there's all these things one is supposed to be able to do after high school. And she was really looking forward to doing them. But now it's like they're all going to die. And she would like to feel that he... Saying nothing, Oz steps forward and kisses her. Both his hands going to cup her face. They kiss for a moment and then Willow asks, What is he doing? Panicking. He kisses her again as they gently fall back on the bed together. Boom, jingle, wow, <laughs> I do love that Willow finally gets her moment. She yeah. does. She does. And no Barry White in sight. No Barry. <laughs> but Barry was working for her. Yeah. No Barry. You gotta love, you gotta love we may die tomorrow. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> At the professor's apartment, Buffy searches for clues, poking through his research. Angel enters, bumping into the door. And Buffy remarks, stealthy. Apparently that really happened and they left it in. Yeah. <laughs> David actually tripped. <laughs> David actually tripped and they just left it in. Not his best entrance. He'll admit it. What is he doing there? He checked in with Giles and Giles sent him to back her up because of Faith. Because, you know, their showdown is bound to happen sooner or later. What she got? Excavation reports from a lava bed. This guy was some kind of volcanoologist. <laughs> Anything that connects him to the mayor. Buffy looked through it, but the only thing she understood was the commas. So she's taking it to Giles, along with some of the other research that she's loaded into a box. She goes to pick up the box, and Angel is immediately taking it from her. Let him help. It's a bit awkward, which Buffy totally acknowledges once they get outside. (laughs) Zane, she can take it from there. It's all right. He'll walk her. Buffy, trying to get him to take a hint, (laughs) says, It's okay. She's a big girl. Superpowers, remember? Speaking of which... Angel, this is the death. <laughs> this is he's still recovering. Is this? Like, let me walk you everywhere when she was actually depowered. What? Just why is he continually the most useless person? Well, I think right now he's just trying to spend as much time with her as he possibly can because he, he knows can. he's leaving. Yeah, and also they may die tomorrow. So right. Buffy decides to cut right to the point. She doesn't need him crowding her. 
He didn't think he was. No, of course not. Because he just shows up to the prom and then disappears into the ozone. But Buffy, you've you've met this man, right? <laughs> like this is this is what Angel does. What he's done this whole time. <laughs> she says for all she knew, he already left town. So is she mad at him for being around too much or not being around enough? Duh! Yes! <laughs> but which? He doesn't get her. No, he doesn't. Not anymore. Is she just making this harder to make it easier on herself? Buffy asks if they can just stop with brain teasers. She just wants this to be done. Over. It's not that easy with the mayor. Yeah, yeah, she knows. World and peril need to work together. But this is her last office romance. She can tell him that. Buffy, you liar. <laughs> I mean, you don't know you're a liar yet. Yes. But you are a liar. Yeah. We, we know we know Buffy loves the office romance. That's literally yeah. all she has is right. office romance. To be yeah. fair, every every non-office romance she has, she picks the office romances better than she picks the non-office romances. This is true. This is true. Well, because when we see we see the non-office romance with Scott and it just sort of we see that it doesn't gel with her like secret identity. Mm-hmm. And then Later on, we see Parker, and he's just a D-bag. You know? <sighs> Parker. <sighs> she wants him out of her face? Fine. He throws the box down and starts to walk off. Is this not even a little hard for him? How can he ask her that? Just because he's not acting like a brat. <laughs> it's nice to know what he thinks of her. Okay, both of them need to calm the fuck down. What is he supposed to think when all she does is attack? She just can't do this anymore. She can't have him in her life when she's trying to... <sighs> She doesn't get to finish the sentence. An arrow slamming through Angel's shoulder as he falls to the ground, Buffy calling his name. The camera pans up to the Sun Cinema sign where Faith is standing, bow in hand, along with another vampire. She missed the heart. Meant to. All right. All right. I I, I, I am about to be a bit harsh. But I'm going to be <laughs> harsh in the truth hurts kind of way. Not in a like, let's pick on people kind of way. Um. I think this conversation kind of drives home the point that Buffy and Angel have never actually understood each other. Oh, yes, absolutely. And as much as I know Jackie and Sarah wanted them to be endgame, I I know this conversation implicitly proves why that would never be. Well, we always we always joke about how many conversations they had before they got together. I don't know. I always chalk it up to. You know, in in even if you have like a a good steady relationship, there are miscommunications and misunderstandings. Like I live with someone who's bilingual, so all Mm -hmm. the time, like you have to have those conversations to clear up like misunderstandings. Um, So I think I I kind of see it more as like to me, this happens in every relationship where people don't like you. You might you might be frustrated with the other person. You might not understand what mm-hmm. they're talking about or something like that. So it actually seems like a pretty normal um, kind of argument to me, especially considered they had broken up. So she's just kind of venting on him. Yeah. He, and a lot he, of times- I mean, he has this moment where he's like, do you want me to do this or this? And she's just like, no, duh, or whatever. Like a, you know, like a response that's very childish because she's yeah. just mad at him. I've- I I admit I've been like that with Mr. Froggy from time to time. Like it can be. But the thing is also that thing that we need to remember about Buffy is she's a teenage girl and this is her first, this was her first serious relationship. 
and I right. and I think it is a good first relationship. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not gonna argue that. Like I yeah. do as much as I don't want Buffy to end up with Angel, I do think he was the romance she needed when she was 16. Yeah, yeah. But I think this conversation proves very much that this was the romance she needed when she was 16. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and, and she she definitely grows up over the rest of the series, especially once you're out of high school, like everything is so dramatic when you're in high school. Like, and we'll talk about it when we get down the line, but I'm actually kind of annoyed going, looking back that a part of Spike's backstory is never brought up to Buffy because it is a very big shared life experience. The two of them have reading because, head like, poetry. No, the fact that his mother was sick. Yeah. Oh, and when yeah. he's like sitting with her on the back porch and stuff, he never says to her, I've like, he's there for her and he just sits yeah. with her, but like they never have the conversation of I've been there. I know what this is. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it very much builds them up that they have these shared life experiences that they don't even know. Right. And I think that's a very interesting choice as opposed to Angel who both tells Buffy she's a child and then gets mad at her when she's a child. Like, yeah, it, it's it's just it's a very interesting parallel. But I also think, you know, to be fair, it's like we have this episode in Angel where where Buffy and Angel <clears throat> have this like one day where they get to live like normal people. Mm-hmm. And we kind of see like, what would happen if they're both adults living a normal life, which they can't have because Mm -hmm. of like all these various circumstances that surround them. So I think like sometimes with people, it's not, it's not just necessarily like you can have the right person at the wrong time or circumstances that, that also surround you that make it hard to be with that person as Mm -hmm. well. That's true. I mean, that is very true. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm kind of torn because I, I like I like Buffy and Angel, but I like Buffy and Spike, and I like oh, them yeah, for, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like them for different reasons, you know. Yeah, I just I think and like I I'm like I'm like we'll talk about this later, but I want to talk about it now too. Um, I think like some of the very and I like don't know some of the stuff they they draw on is intentional. Like I keep going back to Prophecy Girl and the fact that he was just going to let her die. He was just going to let her die. If, if Xander had not showed up at that apartment he was going to let her die. And you compare that to Spike's every night I save you. When he had, when he was forced to watch Buffy die because Buffy was like, no, I'm going to do this. And he says, every night I saved you. Well, Angel literally was like, oh, well, I guess she's dead. (laughs) And I'm just like, was that an intentional, like? I think also Angel's trajectory is like going from this extremely, extremely not proactive, like a very not proactive guy (laughs) to to then being like, oh, now I'm a like detective who helps everyone. (laughs) I think that's that's part of his trajectory. Whereas Spike is like, I mean, and Spike has a trajectory too. Like he was proactive in the sense that he was just like literally chaos. And then he was like, okay, now I'm going to be, you know, and he has this, he has a history of literally being devoted to one woman at a time and like to his detriment. So yeah. he's like, I'm going to follow Drusilla everywhere and just be chaotic. And then I'm going to follow Buffy everywhere and do whatever Buffy does, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, we talked about that in Lover's Walk and we'll talk about that more as we go on is that they do, they do assign to Spike, which I find interesting, a trait you very often see assigned to female characters where they yeah. will become who they think their partner wants or needs them to be. Yeah. Which I love a man who's going to do that. Yes. All right. Usually he's a dumbass. Oh. <laughs> 
the Ascension. Yes. In the library, Giles and Buffy work to get the arrow out. Buffy glad that Faith's such a sucky shot. As she missed the heart, an angel should heal quickly. Is Buffy sure it was Faith? Well, she's narrowed down her list of one suspect. So on the other side of the table, Wesley looks through the research they brought. Fascinating. What? Well, it seems the professor friend headed an expedition digging through some old lava pits near an inactive volcano. Buffy has yet to hear the fascinating part. He found something underneath. A carcass. Buried by an eruption. A carcass? A very large one. The professor thought it might be some undiscovered dinosaur. Demon? If it is, then that is something the mayor would want to keep buried. The fact that he is only impervious to harm until the ascension. That once he's in demon form, he can be killed. Great! So all they need is like a million tons of molten lava. They're saved! (laughs) As Buffy helps Angela up, he says, it's a start. Right before he stumbles again. Buffy says he's been a real klutz today. And her reaction face starts just half a second too soon. As she looks panicked before Angel collapses to the ground. (laughs) I think that might be, what is that? That's like a continuity error in cutting. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was a continuity error in cutting. Because it's a close-up of her face. Yeah. So I think it was like, they they took a part where Sarah hit her mark like a second too early. And that's the cut that made it into the episode. Buffy, Giles, and even Wesley rush to his side. The next we see Giles, he's examining the errors, saying he'll have to run tests. All while Wesley looks sus in the background. <laughs> Buffy says Angel's burning up. So vampires can get fevers then. Good to know. <laughs> it's poison. Angel knows it is. He can feel it. Giles tells Buffy to call the others and get them there. They'll have to move Angel to the safety of his own bed before the sun comes up. They can't just move him to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be recovering in that creepy ass basement? There's, there's going to be other people hanging out down there. Right, oh. exactly. <laughs> yeah, have the student buddy coming to me while Angel's like, "Help me, I'm dying." <laughs> They're like, "Sorry, we're just kind of moving him." But okay, yeah. But we have to worry about other people. <laughs> also being down there when they're not supposed to be down there yeah that basement who knows what's going on down like, there yes, too many things yes logically yes the basement should work but in a normal school in a normal school <laughs> but, but in this there school could be, you could have zombie people walking in trying to build bombs and, and I'm thinking about the you know the weird janitor who hangs out down there probably <laughs> trying to summon some sort of demon not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. So that's that's why a lot going there. on in that basement. Yeah, like I would love I would love like I always love the idea of multiple weird things happening at the exact same time and people crossing paths. Like, yeah. oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I had the appointment to be here. Uh, yeah. Can you come back next week? I think, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why we need Joe to take care of everything. Yes. Oh, Joe. Joe helps move Angel. There we go. We called yeah. Joe. <laughs> we called Joe. Will they be able to figure out what it was? Wesley says the council has all known toxins, mystical and otherwise, on file. He'll call them immediately. Thanks. Giles and Wesley go off to do what they need to do, and Buffy remains with Angel. He's going to be okay. Back at Willows, it seems my little boom chickle powwow was not unwarranted (laughs) as there are clothes strewn across the room and everything from Willow's bed has been pushed onto the floor as the bed is now occupied by a naked Willow and Oz. As they bask in the afterglow, Oz stroking Willow's hair, she says she feels different, which she guesses makes sense. Does he feel different? 
Oh, no, wait, he's done this before. So no change for him. But it was nice. It was nice, right? Should this be a quiet moment? Kissing the top of her head, Oz says, Tino's just what she means. Which part? (laughs) Everything feels different. He kisses the top of her her head again. And then as she lifts her head to look at him, they kiss properly. Right up until the phone rings. They gotta go. Cutest scene ever. I know. It's so cute. Like, I know it's because they've been friends for like a million trillion years. But I do think Allison and Seth have some of the best on-screen chemistry in the entire series. Absolutely. Yeah, they have great on-screen chemistry yep. again, which makes me mad why later on in the series they're like, Willow, <laughs> she was just gay. Gay, gay, gay. Only gay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But again. Uh, somebody commented on our TikTok uh, where I had put up the quote about bi erasure that they were going to get erasers uh, printed in the bisexual flag to just start hanging uh, handing out to people. Uh-huh. Yep. Every time somebody yep. tries to erase bisexuality. I love yep. it. I love it. I support it. <laughs> I also like this is the problem with like network executives in general. They're like, our audience will accept this character if she's gay, but they will definitely not accept her if she's bi. That's a bridge too far to cross. I'm like, really? Network <laughs> executives are they're strange creatures. Oh yeah. In the mayor's office, the mayor carries the box of Gavrock towards his death uh, t- towards his desk as Faith comes in. Angels dropped. Got him right in the back. Keels over. Buffy's freaking. It was beautiful. The mayor applauds her and says that she sh- that should keep Buffy occupied for a spell. So what comes next? Well, he needs to complete the ritual of Gavrock, which means he needs to ingest several of the creatures in the box. Ingest? Eat. Ew. <laughs> Wicked gross. The mayor tells her she doesn't need to watch. She can go home. Relax. Rest. After all, they got a big day tomorrow. Is she kidding? No way she's going to sleep. Doesn't he need anyone else killed or maimed? She'd settle for maimed. The mayor calls her a little firecracker and Faith. She tells him her mom used to call her that, that as a kid, she was always running around. So uh, tomorrow, the ascension, will she get to fight? If all goes smoothly, she won't have to. But then how often do things go smoothly? So he'll still need her in there. Always. She tells the mayor that when she was a kid, a couple miles outside of Boston, there was this quarry and all the kids used to swim there, jump off the rocks. And there was this one rock all the way up. And she was the only one who would jump off it. The other kids, they were all too scared. The mayor's just listening to her like she is telling the most fascinating story on the planet. And he says, not her though. She wasn't scared. Nah, she could do it easy. He tells her to get some rest and she gets up, wishing him luck with his spiders as she leaves. And I hate this episode for making me feel so bad for these people. I know. And like, I love that one of Faith's biggest concerns in this scene is that she won't be needed anymore. I know. Like, that's so sad. Because that and she's just so used to people using her and then not needing her anymore. We love we love a villain with layers. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I love that um, this kind of that this like speech about her jumping off of something kind of foreshadows what happens to her in the end of the episode. Exactly. Yep. At the school, Xander, Willow, and Oz gather in one of the chemistry labs. As she tears a sheet off the pad, she hands it to Xander. They should have all that at the magic shop. It will allow her to run a trace analysis and test for mystical poisons. Xander says he's a little short on cash. And Willow (laughs) says, just tell the owner it's for her. Right. As he goes to leave, he runs into Anya in the hall. And right away, I notice those Steve Madden slides she's wearing. Oh my gosh. Oh, how I miss those. 
Mm-hmm. He asked what she's doing there, saying he thought she'd be halfway to Aruba by now. She's packed. Her car's right outside. She just, uh, she had to, um, she had to what? Anya tells him he could come with her. Come with her? She means that? Yeah, why not? They could just get in the car and drive. No one would miss them. They could take turns driving, keep each other awake. He's going to die if he stays there. Xander knows. Well, when she thinks of something happening to him, she feels bad inside. <laughs> like she might vomit. <laughs> With a small smile, Xander tells her, welcome to the world of romance. It's terrible. <laughs> no wonder she used to get so much work. He's sorry he gives her barfy feelings. <laughs> Anya again asks him to come with her, but Xander, he takes a step back. He can't. Why not? He's got friends on the line. So? That humanity thing, it's still a work in process, isn't it? <laughs> Anya asks if he's really going to be that much help to them. He'll probably just get in the way. This is not the persuasive speech she thinks it is. <laughs> and Xander tells her that her stock is plummeting. <laughs> Fine. Know what? She hopes he dies. <laughs> but this is also why we like Xander. He stays <laughs> to help his friends. Yes. And I mean, and I also love the fact that Anya was trying to get him to leave because she really does like him. Yeah. Yeah. Xander doesn't respond to that. Just heads out to get the ingredients. As he leaves, Anya says, aren't they going to kiss? <laughs> I love her whole confusion. I know, I know. I love her so much. You know what the best part, the best part about Anya, though, is, yes, she is a demon who is confused about feelings, but weren't we all at that age? (laughs) Right? I mean, everybody teaches, everybody treats her, like, confusion about feelings as something that's so weird, but I I think it's pretty normal. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, like, um... What am I trying to say? Representation of of like teenage emotions. Mm-hmm. But also I found this scene interesting, you know, looking back on it and realizing that Anya dies in the final battle because she stays for the mm-hmm. final battle. So this was kind of, um, to me, like a sad foreshadowing of her death. Whereas like here, she's like, let's like, let's bail, forget this. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of town. And then she eventually dies because she decides to to stay in the final battle in the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a testament to just how human she became. Right. Oh, I'm <laughs> sad about everyone. I know. Oh, this I, know. Sh- I know. Watch a show with a teenager fighting vampires. It'll be fun. <laughs> they seem to have gotten Angel back to the mansion safely. And Buffy is currently beside him, keeping watch and trying to keep his fever down. Okay, can him- we talk about how... I'm watching this and I'm like, this man is extremely sweaty. That (laughs) towel does not look like a cold compress at all. It just looks like you have like a bowl of water that's been tepid and spitting around in the Southern California weather. So all you're doing is like just making him more wet. They got to be just glistening. (laughs) They got to get the pecs. Oh my God. They're like, let's just make you more wet. I'm like, this is not a cold compress. This is just a bath for a wet person. The things you think of as an adult. <laughs> I mean, when you're watching when you're watching the series, you're like, oh my gosh, like all this, like she's comforting him and all these terrible things mm-hmm, are happening. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, like having, you know, living in Southern California was 105 <laughs> degrees recently. I'm like, I know that mansion is like, is like probably pretty warm. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem like it'd be fitted for air conditioning. I was going to say, no. there is definitely no air conditioning in there. <sighs> and it's like, it's like you know, you have to think graduation. It's like late May or early mm-hmm. June. So I'm like, it's just like warm in there and you're putting warm water <laughs> on him as it's <laughs> sitting around. <laughs> His old his old apartment probably had better air conditioning. Oh, I'm sure it did. Joe hooked him up. Oh yeah. <laughs> she tells him that he'll be okay. That's Joe's job. He's an air conditioning repairman. That's Joe's him. got a lot of jobs. I love, I love it. He's he's uh he's Angel's emergency contact. <laughs> Hearing the door, Buffy leaves him for a moment and goes to the outer room where Giles has been waiting and Wesley has just arrived. Did he speak to the council? He did. And they said they couldn't help. Couldn't? Wouldn't. It's not the council's policy to cure vampires. Did he explain these were special circumstances? Not under any circumstance. And yes, he did try to convince them. <clears throat> try again. Wesley says they're very firm. That they're talking about laws that have existed longer than civilization. Buffy's talking about watching her lover die, which, it, no. No. Yeah. One, you broke up. And two, can we not use lover? <laughs> Like, how about just someone I care about? Like, Right. Yeah. Buffy says she doesn't have a clue what Wesley is talking about, and she doesn't care. Giles assures her they'll find a cure. Wesley then says that the council's orders are to concentrate on orders? Buffy doesn't think she's going to be taking any more orders. Not from Wesley. Not from them. She can't turn her back on the council. They're in England. Buffy doesn't think they can tell which way her back (laughs) is facing. Wesley tells Giles to talk to her and going to stand beside Buffy, Giles says he has nothing to say. As he takes a seat, Buffy tells Wesley to go back to his council and tell them that until the next Slayer comes along, they can close up shop. Does she not see what's happening? Faith poisoned Angel to distract her, to keep her out of the mayor's way and it's working. They need a strategy. She has a strategy. He's not in it. Wesley tells her this is mutiny and Buffy, always delivering in the season finales, tells him, she likes to think of it as graduation. <laughs> I, I do love like, the scene where she tells yeah. Wesley to take a hike. But I do like the fact that Wesley actually did call the council. Like, he did try. It mm-hmm. is something that, again, is going... Like, he he has been growing. But he's so, still very much part of the council. So I... Like, I knew this scene comes. Because I know Buffy tells the council where to shove it. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to remember when exactly Wesley got fired. Because I think he I does thought, get fired in season four, right? He Well, I think he gets fired because of this. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. between the fuck up with Faith and the fact that his slayer told him to stick it where the sun doesn't shine, <laughs> he gets fired. I, because I knew what happened with Faith plays a lot into it. I thought he actually got fired earlier in the season, like when I was watching it this time, because like the few times he was a little squirrely and like, no, no, don't call the council. Mm -hmm. They won't like this. I thought he was hiding the fact he had gotten fired. But no, apparently Wesley is just a very jumpy person. Oh, yeah. He's just he's just very squirrely. (laughs) And then he leaves to become a rogue demon hunter. What's a rogue rogue demon? demon. Still one of my favorite lines. I know. I can't I can't wait till he till we get to Angel and we get to deal with that. Turning to Giles, Buffy says she can't stay there any longer. She's gonna go see if she can help the others. They'll stay with him. He'll call if there are any changes. As she goes to leave, Wesley makes one final attempt. She doesn't know what she's doing. Telling him to get a job. 
<laughs> she just walks past. Oh, and Wesley knows what he's doing? Come on now, Wesley. <laughs> you know, Giles doesn't look like he feels that sorry for Wesley. You know, I love the smugness of yeah. Giles here where he's like, I'm dad now. I'm taking care of everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not part of the council anymore. Yeah. This looks like a you problem. <laughs> exactly. But I also like the fact that Wesley turned to Giles to try to get him to convince her. When the whole time, Wesley has been shutting down any kind of Giles' yeah. recommendations right. since he right. arrived. <laughs> in the science lab, Willow tells Buffy they found the poison. It was, in fact, mystical, and it is known as Killer of the Dead. A poison specifically used on vampires. And the cure? Willow says there are not a whole lot of instances of it being cured. But there are some. Vague accounts. <clears throat> How is he? Buffy's face pretty much says it all. From the background, Oz pipes up. Xander asking if he's found something. He's not sure. Be sure. Okay. Okay, yeah. Killer of the dead. And there is a guy who walked away from it. He... Oh. What? <laughs> the cure's not in there? No, it is. It... Willow comes around to see. Yeah, right there. Completely reverses the effects. They, oh. (laughs) What? Buffy stares expectantly and Xander tells them the suspense is killing Angel. (laughs) Oz says the only way to cure this is to drain the blood of a slayer. Good. But, but did Xander miss, why why is this good? (laughs) Angel needs to drain the blood of a slayer. Then Buffy will bring him one. Willow tells her that if Angel drains Faith, it will kill her. Not if she's already dead. Buffy! Vampires cannot drink the blood of the dead. Remember Lestat. Yeah. <laughs> can't can't do it. Nope. Also, if vampires could drink the blood of the dead, then vampires wouldn't have to attack people in Sunnydale. Like, they could just wander no, around right. behind the demons mm-hmm. and right. drink off the corpses. Right. The gang moves to the library where Oz and Willow start to hunt down where the mayor might be hiding Faith, all while being adorable and touchy-feely. Oh. Xander, playing devil's advocate, checks that Buffy is really ready for this. They're talking about a fight to the death after all. They can't play kid games anymore. Besides, she brought this upon herself. Xander says he just doesn't want to lose Buffy. She won't get hurt. That's not what he means. As Buffy grabs Faith Knights from the weapons locker, she tells Xander to just get her an address. Can we appreciate that once again, it is Xander with her in the 11th hour? Mm -hmm. He went after her in Prophecy Girl, gave her CPR, he was with her at the mansion, and though I know there's a lot of controversy over that scene, I'm going to hold that it was because he refused to break her resolve. And now here he is, checking in with her, reminding her to not let Faith drag her into the dark. Yeah. I just, I love that it's always Xander right there. We next get a bit of a montage. Faith working out, Buffy preparing herself for what she is about to do, and Angel still under the effects of the poison. Eventually, we not gonna to lie. When I when I first watched this scene when we were younger, I was like, I'm getting so pumped up for the Slayer on Slayer like battle. <laughs> Got to play a little Rocky. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. At Faith, she puts her jacket back on to lay across the bed and read comic books. <laughs> hey, yeah. good for her. While eating red vines, music playing in the background. As Buffy enters, looking iconic in the red <laughs> pants. Oh, love it. We love red pants, Buffy. It's so iconic. Oh, we do. It is actually the picture on the cover of the Watcher's Guide that covers three, four, and five. Is her in the red pants of the black mm-hmm. top. Nice. She turns the music off. Thought she'd stop by. Grinning, Faith sits up to face her. Is he dead yet? He's not going to die. Good try, though. Her plan? 
Uh-huh. Mayor got her the poison. Said it's wicked painful. Buffy tells her there's a cure. Damn. What is it? Her blood. As justice goes, it's kind of poetic, doesn't she think? What? Did she come to get her? Gonna feed her to Angel? She knows she's not gonna take her alive. Not a problem. Well, look at her, all dressed up in big sister's clothes. Faith told her she was just like her, that she was holding it in. Ready to cut loose? Try her. Okay, then. Faith tells Buffy to give her a kiss. And Buffy, she lets loose, slamming her fist right into Faith's face. She recovers, slamming her arm into Buffy, and well, after a moment of dramatic posing, all hell breaks loose. The two engaging in a fight that takes them all over the loft, slamming into walls, into furniture. Faith eventually grabs Buffy, saying she's not getting tired, is she? Because Faith is just starting to feel it. Buffy gets herself loose and the fight continues, sending them crashing through Faith's window and onto the roof. As they fall onto the concrete, Buffy slaps a cuff on Faith, handcuffing them together. No way is she going to let Faith run. Back at the mansion, Willow and Oz sit with Angel as he calls for Buffy. Willow's growing worried, afraid Buffy won't make it back in time. At the library, Giles and Xander keep researching the Ascension. Giles thinking he might have found something, as the name of a local legend from the village seems to be very close to the name of a demon, an old one. He has a picture. Getting up from the table to come see, Xander says it's real lucky that no one ever wanted to check out check out any of these books. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is funny because it's like you do think you're like, yeah, this library has a lot of occult stuff. And it's the school library. Yeah, which is always which is funny too with when you think back to gingerbread. Yeah. How finally right. somebody noticed that there's all of these weird, weird books. books. Right. He comes to stand with Giles, and Giles locates the page with the picture. A picture that actually seems to spread across four pages. Staring down at it, Xander remarks, they're going to need a bigger boat. Mm-hmm. Jaws! <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. a quote, of yep. course, from Jaws. Um, we've talked about Jaws before on the show, so I won't put everyone through that again. I will just remind everyone that this is the movie my mother used to take to the beach with us. <laughs> and people wonder why I am the way I am. Uh- <laughs> We don't wonder. No. We know enough. I also um, just want to give a little note on, so that fight between uh, Buffy and Faith, Sophia Crawford, who was Buffy's stunt double in seasons one through four, she, um, on her Instagram, she, I think it is her Instagram. I was like, let me see. I'm going to her Instagram. Because I think it was, um, she had clips of some of the Buffy fights and that was one of them. I did notice that that seemed to be making the rounds in social media this week. Like a lot of people were showing a clip of this fight and I wondered why it had suddenly come up again. Yeah, it was, sorry, I'm looking at her Instagram now. It was on her Instagram. She had several like behind the scenes um, clips of this fight that she had posted to her Instagram. So if you want to see some behind the scenes of that fight, you can go to her Instagram. Ooh. Well, we can post this to our social media when we can share it. Yes. Since it's very appropriate. It is. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to link her post. In the mayor's office, the mayor is finishing his spidery snack. Oh. He says he can feel the creature's power that's already changing him, shifting his organs around. Plus, they're high in fiber. And what's the point of being a higher being if you're not rich if you're not regular? <laughs> <laughs> I love the mayor. I know. A vampire bursts in and the mayor looks at him. Do they not knock during dark rituals? <laughs> <laughs> the vampire tells him that there may be trouble. 
at Faith's. Something that seems to disturb the mayor greatly as he looks ready to get up and head over there. And trouble there is. Buffy and Faith still going at it, now handcuffed to one another. It's brutal. The two slamming each other down into walls, piles of brick. Getting Faith in a hold, Buffy says, what's the matter? All that killing? She's afraid to die? Eventually, Faith manages to break the handcuffs and get free, grabbing the metal pole. Buffy pulls the knife and seeing it, Faith is pissed. That's hers. Well, she's (laughs) about to get it back. I love that line. She did leave it behind. That's true. True. The two keep going, making it to the very edge of the roof. For a moment, it looks like Faith is going to push Buffy over, saying, she's going to miss this. But then Buffy strikes, slamming the knife into Faith's stomach, blood beginning to soak her white shirt. Both Buffy and Faith look shocked by this development. (laughs) Faith, though, also seems a little impressed. She did it. She killed her. Sadly, though, it's still not going to help Angel. Maybe Buffy should have been there instead. She hits Buffy, sending her off of her before throwing herself back off the roof and onto a passing truck. Running to the edge, Buffy watches Faith's body drive off, still in a bit of shock. To be continued. Woo! I did think it took a while for that truck to come around and like there was a lot of standing. I was like, I feel like Buffy could have just grabbed her amidst all this like standing and staring at each other. Right, like waiting for the right moment. Faith is like, the truck's coming, hold on. And Buffy's like, I'll give you a minute to get that truck. Faith's like, time out. Okay. Right. Like, no, just grab her. Right. Also, those cuffs seem to break very easily. Uh, Yeah, that was weird. Like, I was like, there was really no point to handcuffing her. Like, like I thought, like, you know, they're handcuffs. They're like, I'm trying to remember the end of the episode. And I'm like, do they both go over the edge? They don't both go over the edge, but they're handcuffs. No, it's just yeah. like two seconds later, the handcuffs break. Yeah. yeah, they just wanted to have a fight scene with some handcuffs in it. I mean, fair. It looked cool. Of course. It's always <laughs> it's always fun when you're, when you have a fight where two people are tied together somehow. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure to join us next time when we take on season three, episode 22, graduation day, part two, AKA the season finale. Oh my gosh. I remember being so frustrated because they, they delayed this because of the Columbine shooting. I understand the decision that they made, but Mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. just, it was hard because you see something like this and you're like, man, what a cliffhanger. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!